Hey, it's John Ingle, and I'm excited to share that registration is now live for Grid Tech Connect Forum California. Join us in Newport Beach June 24th through the 26th for the interconnection event. We're bringing together utilities, developers, regulators, and advocates to take on one of the biggest challenges facing the energy transition, both at the DG and utility scale levels. Click the link in the episode description and use promo code PODCAST to save 10% on admission. Join our partners from the Department of Energy, NREL, Southern California Edison, PG&E, Kaiso, Sunrun, NG, Convergent, AES, and so many more for this impactful event. We'll see you there. Around 70% of solar systems in the U.S. are less than five years old. And since solar modules have a lifespan of 30 years or more, recycling may not feel like an urgent topic. But to meet the multi-gigawatt demand that waits for us in the decades to come, we have to start building out capacity now. And current methods are still much more expensive than just dumping a panel in the landfill. And no one wants that. The International Renewable Energy Agency estimates global solar PV waste will reach 78 million tons by 2050, raw materials from all that worth around $15 billion. How do we scale solar recycling, and who's going to capture that market? I'm John Ingle, Content Director at Renewable Energy World. On this episode of Factor This, we're joined by Suvi Sharma, the Next Tracker and Solaria co-founder whose startup Solar Cycle wants to take on solar's recycling imperative. Sharma breaks down what makes Solar Cycle different and how he landed a game-changing partnership with Sunrun. That's all next on this episode of Factor This from Renewable Energy World. Green hydrogen's versatility offers potential answers to some of the energy transition's most challenging questions. When produced from renewable energy sources, hydrogen could provide clean fuel for shipping, long-duration energy storage, and other areas that are difficult to decarbonize. But factors such as scale, scope, and affordability remain daunting challenges. Can green hydrogen conquer these obstacles to become the energy transition's secret weapon? The Renewable Plus series from Renewable Energy World tackles these issues on August 17th by bringing together green hydrogen developers, researchers, and investors to discuss the state of green hydrogen and the path forward. Click the link in the show notes to register today for the free Renewable Plus series. Well, Suvi Sharma, I'm so happy for you to be able to to join us here on the Fact of This podcast and talk to us a little bit about your career, but um, more importantly, what you're doing now with solar cycle and taking on this this recycling moment for the industry. Um, so thanks for joining us. Thank you, John. It's a real pleasure to be here. Let's start off with your background. Uh, take me uh, through the, the journey that got you to solar cycle and, and some of the stops you made along the way. Well, I've been in the solar industry for uh, almost two decades. Uh, I got into solar because it seemed um, a phenomenal way and opportunity for me to do something entrepreneurial uh, and also do something great for the world and humanity and what we needed to wean ourselves off of fossil fuels. Um, and I got into it uh, starting off with really on the technology side, uh, co-founding a company called Solaria, which is doing high performance uh, solar panels and systems now for residential uh, primarily. And then within Solaria, uh, co-founding Next Tracker, which we spun out, uh, which does utility scale tracking systems. So I've been able to 
span the breadth of residential, commercial, utility-scale solar, seen it grow phenomenally big. Uh, I remember when I first uh, got into solar, people would celebrate a one-megawatt power plant. That was a, that was a tremendous accomplishment uh, for the industry. And, uh, and now, you know, people talk about 500 megawatts up to, yeah. up to a gigawatt. just shows how much uh, scale we've, we've reached, and I've been happy to be a part of it. So you went from building a lot of stuff and designing and, and the engineering of, of um, you know, panels and, and then balance the systems and the, the tracker world. Um, what led you to want to do the, I guess, reverse engineering side, um, taking on recycling? How did that pique your interest? Well, you know, when, uh, when you're making things uh, such as solar panels and, and trackers and so on, you, you're dealing in a lot of hardware, uh, a lot of physical goods, uh, and and, and, and I could start to see that uh, even just in the manufacturing process, there's always yield loss. And, uh, and, and so you start to see uh, that there is some waste created in anything uh, that you produce, uh, but it was small. Uh, and then what, um, what I saw when I took a step back out of the operating role from Solaria about two years ago and looked at the industry and, you know, we'd reached such a phenomenal scale uh, in, in the industry, um, but we didn't yet uh, have a way to recycle uh, all these solar panels and hardware. And it also blended with my personal interest of uh, looking at how we were living our lives in, in society and uh, recycling and, uh, and creating a circular economy. I felt like we needed to change the way we lived uh, uh, from a throwaway culture to a culture that really uses the maximum amount of materials and goods that, that we've got and, and, and circulate them and, and, and recycle them. And so I took an inward look at solar and what we we're doing in the solar industry, because at Solaria, I'd started a recycling program fairly early on in the volumes we had. Uh, and I was very proud of that. But when I looked under the hood at what was really happening on the recycling side, I was dismayed by the level of recycling that was occurring. We weren't really getting all the key materials and, and inputs that went in and circulating the back end of the supply chain. And so after studying it closely, I decided to get back uh, into the entrepreneurial mode and start Solar Cycle, which I which I launched in January. So, from a foundational uh, perspective, then explain how we go about recycling a solar module and what components um, we're able to pull out of that. How much of it can we get? So, uh, solar panel, uh, uh, and 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 I'll focus right now on on the the bulk of the uh, market, which is crystalline silicon solar panels. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, the core components in it, uh, from a weight perspective are glass and aluminum. Uh, those comprise uh, close to uh, 88 to 90% oftentimes of the materials in the panel. Uh, and, and so those are the first things to extract and recycle. Uh, aluminum uh, is, uh, is, is a very energy intensive uh, material to manufacture. Uh, to recycle it is much less energy intensive. So uh, getting the frames off, getting the glass off, that those can be put right back into the recycling process to make new glass and new aluminum. Uh, and then the, the, the further tricky part is getting all the metals out of the laminate. Um, and in there, there's silver. Um, solar panels use uh, somewhere around 15% of the world's annual silver supply and growing. Uh, so it's very important to get the silver out. Um, and then also the uh, silicon and the copper. Uh, and And so extracting those is crucial to both getting the most value out of the recycling process, but also getting uh, from a financial perspective, but also getting the most environmental value to avoid 
virgin mining uh, of those materials, uh, which is uh, and, and reprocessing of those, which is very energy intensive. So uh, in summary, those are the five uh, most critical materials to get uh, to get out of the panel, aluminum, uh, silver, glass, silicon and copper. And outside of the aluminum and glass, which you were mentioning is is commonplace part of the the um, the recycling process. Now, are we capturing all of those other critical materials um, that we have the opportunity to, or is there a, a, a technical acumen that's that's missing here, or or some form of research that we just haven't come across yet? Unfortunately, unfortunately, we are not collecting uh, those those materials today. Uh, the recycling processes that exists for solar panels today are, are crude. Uh, they're, they're elementary uh, because there hasn't not been a dedicated technology and process focused on recycling solar panels, uh, which, which is the genesis of uh, the founding of solar cycle uh, by, by myself and my co-founders is we saw a need uh, for the industry to create a dedicated specialized technology and infrastructure uh, for recycling uh, these solar panels because uh, otherwise uh, the, the, the basic extraction is the, the aluminum frame and some copper out of the junction box. Uh, and and in, unfortunately, in many cases, the rest is being landfilled or thrown away or very crudely recycled to a filler material. And so uh, as we saw increasing volumes of panels coming, we wanted to jump ahead of this and develop the, the technologies, equipment, processes to extract all these materials efficiently and cost effectively. Well, and I think we'll dive into some of the more limiting factors to scale to uh, a little later in this conversation. But how does that cost breakdown look, at least today, to recycle a panel um, by the means that we you know have available versus landfilling? Today, the cost of landfilling is much lower uh, than the cost of, re- uh, of recycling. Um uh, we see uh, landfill costs uh, anywhere from one to five dollars uh, per panel, depending on the location, the volume, and recycling uh, is typically twenty to twenty-five dollars, um, in, including uh, shipping. So that's a big difference. Um, the the good news that's the bad news. Uh, yeah. The good news <laughs> is uh, we see uh, an opportunity to close that gap. And to bring the cost of recycling at or below the cost of landfilling. Uh, and that's what we are very, very much focused on at Solar Cycle. And that takes a couple things. It takes uh, engineering and technology to optimize the equipment, the processes, extract the value out of the materials. Uh, and it takes scale. Uh, with scale, uh, we can bring the cost down, similar to how the cost of solar uh, came down at or below the cost of fossil fuels over the last decades. Uh, before, solar was so much more expensive than uh, coal-fired or gas-fired power, nuclear-fired power. Uh, but uh, through scale and through technology, solar has now become uh, the cheapest form of energy in many parts of the world. We see the same opportunity uh, through the recycling process. So um, you mentioned that this this company is still relatively new, uh, the, you know, the, the start of the year, start of 2022. You, you raised six million uh, in the first round, oversubscribed. You're already underway with the getting that first facility up and running, and hope to have a million panel uh, recycling capacity at, at some point next year. What does the process um, from, I guess, a, a technical perspective look like for Solar Cycle and the recycling framework, and then also your, the infrastructure you touched on? Um, how do you how do you leverage the infrastructure to to get you to to scale? 
um, especially in these early days? Uh, we we are looking at uh, recycling in solar very very comprehensively uh, from from starting from where the panels are installed in the field all the way to what happens to the materials after they've been extracted. And so the first step in that journey of a solar panel uh, to be recycled is uh, reverse logistics, bringing that panel from uh, a field where it's installed or a rooftop or a warehouse where it might be stored right now to a recycling facility. And so we are uh, investing a lot into designing a reverse logistics system nationwide where we can collect these panels efficiently, we can ship these panels efficiently, uh, and bring them into uh, centralized recycling facilities, uh, and then and do that and do that cost effectively, and also with a low carbon footprint, environmental footprint. That's important uh, because that's a big reason to recycle them to begin with is is uh, the environmental benefits. Uh, and so uh, and so we've been uh, both designing a logistics system and also some of the demanufacturing of our processes in the field when applicable. So for example, uh, taking and removing the frame off uh, close to the side of where the panels are. And that allows us to ship the panels more efficiently and pack them more tightly and lower the logistics costs. So that's one of the ways that we start to look comprehensively from the field all the way to the recycling process. And then we bring the, the panels in the, and, uh, into the recycling facility. And, and, and really uh, the recycling Running a recycling plant, the way I see it, is, is like running a manufacturing plant. Um, it needs to be run efficiently, scale matters, quality matters. And so uh, we are, you're right, we're very early, but we uh, have started putting together a very sophisticated recycling line with a group of people who really know how to run these uh, types of lines and scaling that up. Uh, and, 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 and it's not one silver bullet that will make this efficient. It's really working on all the different elements to make the process efficient. And then there's the extraction of the materials themselves and, and, and getting the purity of the materials that we need to incorporate back into, into the supply chain. You've told me you want to get somewhere to like 95% of the, the panel to be able to, to recycle, be, be recyclable. Um, what is harder at this stage of solar cycle? Is it the, the actual recycling processes and, you know, the, the mechanical and engineering that, that you have to do to get there? Or is it the logistics business? Because we know that that has been, you know, such a headache for so many over the last two plus years, you know, beginning with the coronavirus pandemic. The, uh, they're, they're, both, uh, they're both challenging, uh, to be honest, uh, because, you know, we're, we're inventing this uh, as we go, uh, which also makes it fun, by the way. Uh, you know, it makes it, um, uh, you know, we, we have a saying uh, that, that, uh, you might have heard before, but we use it a lot in the company. Expect problems and eat them for, eat them for breakfast. Well, when you're you know doing what we're doing, uh, you're going to get a lot of those and and invent that. And and it's interesting. We've been attracting people who love that. You know, who want to invent something new. For example, a logistics system uh, that uh, that is fundamentally new reverse logistics system for for solar. But I think the the, the key the key is going to be the extraction of the materials. Um, out of the laminate in particular. Um, a solar panel is very robust. Uh, as we know, it can last for 30 years in almost any weather condition. Uh, so that means that it's put together very well. Uh, it needs to be taken apart uh, cost-effectively and in a way that we can 
get the purity of the materials. And we see that as uh, a pro- an ongoing process of optimization and, 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 and getting that and doing it at scale. Well, that's what I was going to say is you're going to have to have ongoing uh, research and development arm as part of SolarCycle to, to get to where you want to go, but to, to continue to find those efficiencies. How, how capital intensive do you see that being? And um, how do you manage that as you know, an you know, early stage founder now, but where you see this going, like you have led so many other companies, you know, you know, you know, the pathway I'm, I'm sure that you want to take, but um, how do you manage that side of things? The uh, so so first of all, we are um, very committed to radically advancing the science of solar recycling, um, and and that that certainly takes uh, a level of investment, and that's and that's what led to the seed round uh, that we closed at six point six million, as we had investors that also were committed to working with us to advance uh, the science of of recycling and solar. But beyond that, you're right; it does take capital, and it takes facilities and equipment. Um, uh, this is a real hardware business, uh, not software uh, to to do. Uh, but the capital intensity is is um, is modest. Uh, this is not like operating a. If you think of okay, the, the 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 beauty of recycling these materials. If you think about extracting the silicon or the or the or the aluminum frames, we are bypassing a lot of the core um, chemical factories. Uh, and refining facilities that that occur, and those are very capital intensive. So, so when you evaluate the capital intensity of the recycling process, uh, it, it, it's modest relative to some of the upstream uh, capital intensity of the solar value chain. Hey, Factor This listeners, it's John Engel. I wanted to let you know that you can now watch every new episode of the Fact of This podcast on YouTube. Just search Renewable Energy World and leave a rating and review while you're there. Thanks for listening. You mentioned uh, very quickly the difference between you know raising money for a hardware company versus a software company. Most of the, the companies raising those those big dollar figures right now are those software companies. So that, it's, that is what's unique, I guess, to a degree about SolarCycle is you're a hardware business that's actually, you know, getting an oversubscribed round. Did you expect that to happen? Did you expect so much interest? Um, and how much you you you're too humble a person to say this, but how much do you think they're investing in Suvi Sharma and, and your partners, given all of your you know extensive experience in the the um, the industry? So uh, I, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised by how much interest we we received um, in the funding round and continue to receive right now for additional capital. Um, I think that we are at the intersection of both renewables, which is now seeing a resurgence in, in capital inflows, um, as well as circular economy, uh, which is seeing uh, capital also come in uh, to, to these technologies and recycling and creating a circular economy. And so being at the intersection of those uh, certainly, I think, makes us an attractive uh, investment opportunity. Um, we have a really seasoned um, team, uh, you know, including myself, um, uh, my two co-founders, Jesse Simons um, and Pablo Diaz, these these folks have a lot of, uh, along with myself, have a lot of deep industry experience or areas of expertise that uh, that when we talk to investors, interestingly, many of them had been looking for a solar recycling company to fund, okay, uh, but had not found the right one or one that they believed could really execute, and so. I think it was a combination of uh, factors that we were in a, in a in a good sector and also had a good team. 
Still, I got put through the ringer, though, John. You know, uh, <laughs> it wasn't easy uh, for you. You couldn't just call uh, Dan Sugar and say, um, "Come on, man, I, I, I need need some help getting this off the ground." He's he's as tough as they come to. Uh, good, 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 good friend of mine. But uh, but we got put through the ringer, and it actually, it was good because uh, it, we got put through the ringer because people were really curious. Investors were really curious of how this is going to work. Um, can the scale, you know, I think the big thing was like when I started looking at it, the need is there. I think everyone identifies the long-term need is there. Uh, this is um, the right thing to do. Um, the two questions really were around, is the time now? Is, um, is um, you know, it's, it's great that maybe in 2030, there's going to be a lot of channels, sure. but you can't be sitting around waiting uh, eight years uh, to create a good business. Uh, and what we were able to demonstrate is that the need is now. Um, that there is there is enough volumes coming, and actually, uh, since I've gotten into it, uh, the need is even bigger than I thought. Um, there are more volumes coming for uh, for recycling faster than uh, than we had expected. Where are you seeing that? We're seeing that in in multiple locations, but in particular things like weather damage. Okay. Of panels, um, you know, we have so many panels installed around the country now. Uh, that is just a lot of large numbers. Um, even if it's a small, very small percentage of solar panels that are reaching end of life, it's still a large number, especially for a new industry and a new company like us that's just starting to process. And so, uh, so that was that was a core uh, core focus. And then I think the second piece that investors really focused on was, can we make money at this? Um, you know, is there is there a, is there a path to profitability um, in this in this business? And and we and, and because of our vision at SolarCycle of not just recycling and taking panels and generating some recycling fees, our, our long-term vision is really how to become a uh, circular economy leader in this sector by processing these materials into new materials and new products. We had a much larger, broader vision, and, 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 that, and that probably is where my background did help of, of being in the solar products arena and scaling those up that there was confidence that uh, we could execute on that uh, over the coming years. I was really impressed with with your business model and, a, and approach, um, especially here early on with the the partnership that you have with Sunren. So you were mentioning the the volumes challenge. And while well, you say there's the plenty of volume right now to sustain the business, it is true that most of the capacity in the U.S. is at utility scale, 70% or, or so is, you know, less than five years old. So 20 or so years, 25 years before we even have to deal with those panels in theory, you know, um, notwithstanding weather or other damage circumstances like you just mentioned. But the residential uh, market in in some areas of the country is, you know, further ahead in its time horizon of needing recycling services. And so obviously the biggest market is utility scale. But in these early years, was was that a choice very purposefully by you and your partners that um, through a relationship like this with Sunrun, we can at least achieve the volumes that we need early on to to build that foundation to scale and be ready when the utility scale folks need these services? That's a, that's a really important point, uh, John, what you mentioned, because uh, while the volumes are in the utility scale, uh, as you mentioned, 70%, uh, where, where I did see earlier volumes coming in from recycling was in residential and commercial. Um, and the reason uh, twofold for that, one is those systems have been installed longer. Yeah. Right? Um, uh, many of them, residential systems were put in 
20 years ago, some of the early adopters were, were commercial um, owners. Uh, that was one reason. But the second is the residential and commercial systems tend to get repowered earlier and faster because energy density and power density really matters in those applications. And so a lot of customers end up upgrading or repowering sooner uh, because with the newer, higher efficiency panels. And so for those reasons, we saw that there was going to be in, uh, uh, demand coming from that part of the market faster. And there's your Solaria experience crossing over too. How right. much How much are you using that kind of institutional knowledge that you have from from both of the businesses, Solaria and, you know, Next Tracker, um, how has that influenced how you're approaching Solar Cycles Track? And maybe what things are you doing differently than you did in those those two other roles? Well, you know, first of all, uh, I'll give you a personal anecdote, and then specifically professionally. On a personal side, uh, what what uh, the, what dawned on me why this market was going to develop much faster than the analyst reports I was reading was. I, uh, I, I, uh, try to practice what I preach. I, you know, uh, have solar panels on my house. I drive electric cars and I had solar panels, uh, and I ended up replacing them after about 10 years. Uh, and the reason for that was I needed, uh, much more, uh, energy on my roof than I had. I installed a 2.2 kilowatt system using 180 watt Mitsubishi panels. Uh, and I had two electric cars. Uh, I was, using way more yeah, it's not do it. it's a, a six, six, uh, it's almost a seven kilowatt system of course solaria panels but i needed to upgrade and those panels uh you know were only 10 years old and and i wasn't and i realized i wasn't the only one um with that uh with that potential issue and so that's how i started realizing that while there's a also a hardware lifetime there's a different economic lifetime of these panels um and so, so, so that informed me, informed my uh, viewpoint. But then also from the standpoint of working at, at Solaria and also being involved with uh, Next Tracker, what I was involved in is, is technology and, and manufacturing products. And so two things I noticed. One is that we're continuing to improve the efficiency and power of these panels and, so, and, and systems. And so they are getting better and, and that um, companies individuals, utilities are going to repower uh, with, with better panels. So what do we do with this? Uh, we, can, we can argue all day long that they should keep it in the ground for 30 years, but you know, at the end of the day, economics uh, matters in all of this. And so, uh, so that, that, that helped me see, uh, uh, see, see the issue. But then also the other thing I noticed uh, was there was, even in the residential side and all, there was weather damage that was occurring uh, because of uh, things like hailstorms. Uh, wind events. Uh, and, and with that experience, uh, and I was seeing small pockets of it here and there, when I started looking at it more deeply, I saw a, a much larger issue occurring um, uh, in, in the industry that we needed to deal with and these volumes were, were coming. So that, that definitely helped. And then obviously, uh, doing a recycling program at Solaria and, and then being able to see what the state of the industry was from that vantage point helped inform me uh, to see where the need was and where the where the pockets of opportunity to improve were. I want to put a bow on the Sunrun deal before moving forward, uh, because Sunrun is not like every other uh, residential installer in that they they own a lot of the the hardware and the the, the systems. Um, and as the largest, you know, installer in the US, um, it, it's obviously a positive relationship for SolarCycle. But how did you how did you get that deal done such early days and why why was it important for you to 
to pick someone like Sunrun, who does have that ownership model, um, to make this work? Because clearly you're not going to have a solar cycle office in every American city in the U.S. to help recycle these panels. There's got to be, you know, some larger footprint to make the, the economics work. So the Sunrun deal uh, was uh, and is very important to us. Um, the You're right. with uh, So first of all, with, with the great thing about solar is millions of people now own solar on their on on their homes and buildings um, that is the that is the real beauty of solar the ubiquity of it that makes it a challenge for recycling uh, because we have to collect all those uh, panels uh, from various um, locations owners um, homes buildings utility scale solar farms um, Sunrun um, is uh, a uh, interesting unique company in the sense that they they are like a large solar asset owner they own gigawatts of solar yeah but it's all distributed on 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 uh, small rooftops um, they um, I, I did know a lot of the principals at Sunrun including Lynn Urich who's um, a co-founder and CEO and I knew that uh, and some of the team on the supply chain side um, uh, that I uh, worked with before, such as Rafael Korean. And, and what I saw was they had a real commitment to sustainability as well as scale. Uh, and, and so when I proposed to them that I would like for them to be um, the, the anchor first customer and partner for SolarCycle and that we wanted to advance the science of, of recycling, uh, they were intrigued. Uh, and they looked at it. They they also put me through the ringer in terms of looking at what the state of the science and the technology. And, <laughs> Have you earned uh, nothing in 18 years but to just get like a normal meeting from a VC firm or or a, a rooftop solar installer? I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just you get used to it. Uh, so uh, so 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 we we are working very closely with them uh, and really co-created this thing with them to uh, properly recycle the solar panels. We also are working with them because certain times, especially I was mentioning in residential, the panels get uninstalled uh, because a homeowner needs more power on the roof. And so the panels are still good and can have a second life. So we developed in conjunction with them a test methodology to predict uh, whether a solar panel can have a second life, for example, for another 10 years and find reuse cases uh, where that makes sense. So it was really comprehensive uh, comprehensive offering uh, that we uh, uh, that we offer them, starting from reverse logistics and taking the panels. Uh, they do collect those in their warehouses, uh, you know, okay. some warehouses around the country, uh, and then um, and then recy- uh, recycling, and then providing them transparency and reporting around what we do with these panels, um, what materials are extracted, uh, what what uh, mining is avoided by this, what are we recycling, what greenhouse gas. Uh, emission uh, reduction is, is is achieved. So that's an important piece because that way companies can really track and report what the sustainability metrics are of working with SolarCycle in our, our recycling process. The last thing I'd like to say is that um, is that we are um, very focused on, on also not just utility scale, but residential and collecting panels from individual homeowners. Uh, but rather than SolarCycle going out to each homeowner, which is very inefficient, we're starting to work with partners in different locations, such as CED Green Tech, who have warehouses around the country, who can serve as collection points for these panels, where installer, local installers, homeowners can drop the panels off for recycling, and then we will collect them when there's enough volume there for uh, bringing into our recycling facility. What's the timing look like for you guys to start receiving panels from Sunrun? 
We have already started receiving panels from Sunrun. Oh, great. So what do, you, what do those volumes look like in, in the next year or so? Well, you know, I'm not at um, liberty to, to, to say the volumes, but I, w- I will tell you that, um, you know, companies like Sunrun um, uh, typically will have several, uh, several megawatts uh, a year um, starting okay. out right now and growing very rapidly. What they see is that's going to grow rapidly because, for, you know, for example, uh, Sunrun has almost five gigawatts installed today. Uh, and, and, and many of those systems in a few years will be uh, 12 to 15 years old when uh, in residential, that's oftentimes when um, a homeowner will repower uh, in order to get more power, much like the example that I uh, talked about at, at, at my house. I did find it really interesting when you were talking about those conversations that you had with potential investors about, um, you know, we were looking for a solar recycling company or you know, more circular economy offerings um, and didn't know if the timing was right. Um, and I, I keep thinking back to that example of, you know, obviously the, the scale and the huge market is is utility scale just based on capacity in the U.S. Do you, do you think that other players would have waited to or may be waiting to pop up in the you know next 10 to 15 years thinking that, um, you know, underestimating the volumes like you you had said that you've sort of discovered that in residential and commercial there is. Um, plenty of volume for you to succeed now, but I, I just imagine it's going to get quite crowded <laughs> later on. So, what advantage do you have by by getting in now? Uh, certainly, uh, we are uh, uh, working on taking advantage of first mover uh, uh, advantage. So that's important. Um, but really, uh, it comes down to for for me three three critical factors in terms of um, building a a strong um, competitive advantage. First of all, we welcome more companies doing this. We, we, you know, solar cycle does not need to be the only one recycling solar panels. Um, uh, that being said, you know, we, uh, we, we operate in a competitive environment and we have to make sure that we comp- can outcompete um, what's done. So three, three factors in that. The first for me starts with technology. Um, and that's how we started the company was we wanted to employ a recycling technology and advance the state of the recycling in a way that we can extract these materials cost effectively. And we're very committed to investing in that and creating a best in class uh, solar recycling company uh, by, by continuous R&D. Um, so that's that's thing one. I recruited uh, uh, a co-founder and CTO, Dr. Pablo Diaz, who had who. Uh, had been uh, researching uh, solar recycling and advancing that technology at University of New South Wales in Sydney, which is one of the leading solar research institutes worldwide. And, and he's, he's d- dedicated his life to this. Uh, and, and so we're very committed and he's b- started building out a team in solar cycle uh, to do that. Um, the second is uh, around scale. So scale matters just like in manufacturing and recycling and bringing down the cost um, and, and bringing down that cost uh, curve uh, with, with the scale allows us to provide a really great, valuable service to our um, customers uh, and, and also have a competitive advantage. Uh, and part of that is also uh, processing these materials downstream, uh, because the more value we can create by the materials downstream into new materials, the cheaper our recycling services end up becoming, uh, because we don't need to charge hefty recycling fees. Uh, that's really not our vision. Our vision is to get enough value out of the panels themselves that that we can lower the, the, the cost of recycling for our customers. And last, 
Uh, last is, uh, is, is customer service. As long as we do a really great job for customers and what they need, their pain points, that's very basic bread and butter, but I strongly believe in, 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 in being a customer-centric company. And that means not just, not just uh, things like you know, handling the logistics uh, and, and picking up their phone call, uh, but also in reporting and transparency. Uh, and, and that's very important because a lot of the solar companies see that they need to maintain a license to operate. Um, you know, one of my, uh, my other co-founder, Jesse Simons, who spent 20 years at the Sierra Club, uh, who I met while he was there to, 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 and he was fighting the good fight to replace coal, uh, with renewables and all these communities. He saw more and more of, of a, of a backlash against solar, uh, being cited in these communities and people bringing up, Hey, this can be a lot of waste in our community. So, so being able to proactively address that show how we can create a more sustainable solar industry is really part of the customer-centric and customer service view in addition to doing the right thing. That's an interesting point. Um, what's the bulk of your time spent on right now? You chose the startup life again for some reason. I'm still I'm trying to figure out why. <laughs> which, which, <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I've gotten to the bottom of that 35 minutes in, but maybe that'll be the next question. So what, what are... Um, What's kind of your core day-to-day looking like? Is it figuring out those logistics pieces? You know, uh, just to address your, uh, for, uh, your, your point around, uh, you know, why, why I'm doing this again, um, I, it's, it's, it's the, it's the um, best of all times and worst of all times. You know, you, you, um, uh, you, you kind of do a little bit of everything and, and, uh, and all. But I, I, I love this stage. It's the, the creativity uh, at this stage where you're inventing uh, a company, uh, inventing how it works, inventing what you're providing to customers. Uh, you know, I, 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 I definitely feel like I'm in that creative flow uh, as well as the rest of my, my, my team. And you know, it's also it's attracting a lot of talent into, into solar cyclists, creating something new. Um, in terms of what I spend um, uh, a lot of time with uh, right now is really uh, a couple of key things. One is I still, right now at this stage, I spend a lot of time with customers number one, because we are uh, still developing how we're going to work with them. You know, what's the operating model? How do we um, take care of their needs? And there's nothing like just talking with them, working with them. I go and visit uh, sites uh, where uh, projects or panels are damaged, warehouses where panels are stored. That's how I can really learn the business and learn what's happening on the ground and help to shape uh, customer-centric company around around that. So that's that's a thing I spend a lot of time on. Um, another uh, piece now, spending a lot of time on on recruiting and team building. Uh, you know that's that's critical. Um, I've been doing way too many things myself uh, that we need to in a startup. You know, wear a lot of hats, uh, but uh, but recruiting and team building uh, is uh, is 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 really crucial. Uh, and then third is uh, talking to a lot of different. Uh, companies, whether it's uh, equipment suppliers, technology suppliers, companies that might buy our materials, but, but really understanding the ecosystem and landscape because that helps us to shape the business. Those are those are the three main things uh, that I'm that I'm spending time on. So you've been on the solar manufacturing side, now the solar recycling side. You're running out of other areas of this industry <laughs> to move on to. Is this it for you? Yeah, I like to say that, uh, you know, uh, this is my end of life um, uh, uh, career opportunity here as in addition to the, 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 the hardware that I'm dealing with. But yeah, I'm, I'm very committed to 
to this. I, I do, I do uh, believe that when I look at what um, I'm doing today and, and what, I've, what I've learned along the way and the contacts that I've made uh, and, and the uh, knowledge that I've, I've gained through that and the insights I've gained in the industry and all, I do believe that everything that I have done so far really has, has been to do what I'm doing at Solar Cycle has really prepared me. Um, and I can't think of any other way to, uh, to, to take my um, uh, insights, my knowledge that I've gained, my energy, my passion than what I'm doing today to, to, to hopefully help create a, a better world and, and, and a better one that, than what I found it when, uh, when I came onto this planet. So, uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're not looking at this as a two-year uh, business. We're looking at this as a business that really, and company that we can build over the, over the coming decades. I think it's incredibly important to be talking about this now. So Subi Sharma, uh, Solar Cycle CEO, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, John. Really appreciate it. The energy transition moves quickly. And even for a tuned in audience like this, the blow by blow can be difficult to keep up with. Never miss out on the latest news in clean energy development, research, and financing by subscribing today to the free Renewable Energy World newsletter. Check out recent stories like our breakdown of the Inflation Reduction Act and what it means for clean energy. Join thousands of professionals who trust RenewableEnergyWorld.com as their industry source by subscribing to our newsletter today. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. I'm John Ingle. Connect with me on LinkedIn and Twitter and let me know what you think of Factor This. Join us every Monday as we break down solar's most important topics with industry leaders who actually move the needle. And please leave us a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks for listening to Factor This from Renewable Energy World. And we'll see you next time. Hey, it's John Ingle, and I'm excited to share that registration is now live for Grid Tech Connect Forum California. Join us in Newport Beach June 24th through the 26th for the interconnection event. We're bringing together utilities, developers, regulators, and advocates to take on one of the biggest challenges facing the energy transition, both at the DG and utility scale levels. Click the link in the episode description and use promo code PODCAST to save 10% on admission. Join our partners from the Department of Energy, NREL, Southern California Edison, PG&E, Kaiso, Sunrun, NG, Convergent, AES, and so many more for this impactful event. We'll see you there.